Welcome back to Little Wars FM, and it brings me great pleasure to finally say that convention season is upon us. There are some major, major wargaming shows coming up this month, and we wanted to celebrate the return of big events with a podcast conversation about the biggest event of them all, Salute. Salute's a tabletop gaming convention organized by the South London Warlords, and it's said to be the largest one-day show in the hobby anywhere in the world. Today we'll be talking to the organizer of that show about how it started, what it'll be like this year, and what it's like to run such a massive convention. Of course, here in the USA, we have our own circuit of events, and during the second weekend of November, two big ones are happening. Uh, Historicon will be held in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. That's organized by HMGS, the Historical Miniature Gaming Society. And down in Round Rock, Texas, Millennium Con takes place. That's organized by Lone Star Historical Miniatures. They're a nonprofit club dedicated to growing the hobby in Texas. We'll have links to all of these shows in the podcast notes, and they're all happening the same weekend this November. Of course, Little Wars TV is going to have a major presence at Historicon. We'll be running lots of games, and if you missed our preview video on YouTube, you should go and check that out. We're also going to be creating a highlight reel recap of the show and conducting some great interviews at Historicon, so lots of convention coverage coming your way this month. Before we get into the podcast here on Salute, I do want to mention a fourth show. This one is called Texas Broadside. It's a smaller show. It takes place the first weekend of December on board the USS Texas outside of Houston. Proceeds from that show go to help with restoration of the battleship, uh, and I believe that the Texas is due to be going into dry dock this January, so your help and your funds are definitely needed. Uh, not only can you get in some great wargaming on a historic battleship, it also goes for a great cause. We're going to have a podcast coming up next with some of the guys involved in that show, so you can look forward to that. But before Broadside in December, we have some major events in November, and let's talk about the biggest one of them all, Salute. My name's Bernie Farrell. Uh, I'm probably one of the oldest, if not the oldest, member of the club. For my sins, I'm president and chairman and have been since 2019. I got voted in doubly. <laughs> did, did you lose a bet or did you make somebody mad at you? I think I, I must have made a previous chairman mad at some point or another. Uh, I, I, I used to, along with Harry, I used to do the trade for a year or two. And then for a number of years, I, I ran the door. Uh, I'm a fairly new member to the. I'm a fairly new member to the club. About ten years I've been there, uh, and you name it, I sort of do it. Hence, talking to you today, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I try and leave those who've got the real nasty jobs of dealing with the trade and dealing with Excel, which is a a job in its own right. Uh, and I try and. I provide the cover. I'm the acceptable face of the club, he says. Yeah. Excellent. We'll, we'll consider you a spokesmodel for the club. Then. Okay. Uh, as as the acceptable spokesmodel for the club, yeah. uh, uh, Bernard, what um, what do you remember about the history of Salute and and how it all got started? I mean, this seems like a really massive undertaking for a a wargaming club to 
put together. <laughs> it it started almost fifty years ago. Uh, sorry, yeah, fifty years ago. Oh, sorry, I'm ten out. Forty years ago, we're coming up to an anniversary. Uh, it's either for, this year will be forty years on, so it's our fortieth, or because we missed a year, next year will be our fortieth actual salute. Started small, very very small, in a town hall in Chelsea, and then gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger. Some members of the club would have it even bigger still. Others say we, we've reached as much as we can actually cope with. Because again, we're all volunteers. And on the day, trying to get the number of volunteers to cover all the entrances and the, the trade side, at the top of the ramp, we have four or five major doors that, well, if you've been, open up into the huge great halls. And that takes an awful lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's a, we're, it's a we're huge about, facility. It's, it's one, it's probably the biggest one day event in Europe, I reckon. Um, and hopefully, yeah, it, it shouldn't get any bigger. I can't see us getting the number of young members coming on. is nowhere near the number of older members we've got. So, uh, tomorrow yeah tomorrow in the future it's going to be difficult as people like me die off yeah. let's uh talk a little bit about the attendance um what what are you thinking that post-covid attendance might be like i know you guys rescheduled for november uh, are you worried that the attendance is going to be a lot lower uh, because we're coming out of COVID? Or do you think maybe the opposite could be true? And do you think that there's a lot of pent up demand and you're excited for attendance to be even higher than ever? Well, we get about six, six and a half thousand through the door. Uh, and there's another, almost another 2,000 in the hall because we've got 90 odd clubs bringing up to 10, 15 members each. We've got 160-odd traders, most of which come with at least two, some with 10 or more. Mm -hmm. So it's a heck of a lot of people in the door, even if even before we start. Um, we've got Because we're in November, there's quite a few clubs in sort of June, July and August time. So we'll get some idea of what's happening in terms of pent-up or even, uh, you know, I, I don't step outside the door because for two years I've been locked in. It's uh, hard to tell. Certainly from a club member point of view, we can't wait to get out and to actually start playing again. Because obviously our hall where we meet, uh, we have met now uh, continuously for almost what, 18 months. We've had ah. a couple of breaks where we got in, but we don't start now till the 28th of June. So certainly from June to November, we'll get an idea. But looking at the press, it seems more pent up. Yeah, there's a lot of people want to escape. Um, there's a lot of traders, got a lot of work, and a lot of business to build up as well. So there's going to be a lot of advertising from certainly from the trade end. Uh, we don't have to advertise that much. We put obviously in, in the main magazines. But uh, we're so well known. 
Yeah, we, we are selling tickets years in advance sometimes. Yeah, another thing I think, and this is kind of an observation from the one I went to in 2019, is the audience that goes is, is skews much wider than typical historical gamers. So it's a it's a tabletop gaming show as much as it is as historical gaming gaming one. So I think you have a, a younger audience on average. At least that's that was my observation. Is that is that a is that a good characterization? Uh, without knowing what sort of games you go to or clubs you go to. We certainly get, because we, children are free. So we mm. encourage dads <laughs> and in some cases mums to bring the youngsters along. We, we, we try very hard with our traders to make sure that what's on show is child friendly. Yeah. We, we, we've had a few issues where some of the unbelievably beautiful models have not been child friendly, to put it mildly. Um, but yeah, again, because it's a one day, we're easy to access. We don't overcharge um, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, we're, we're open. And we get, as you probably saw, we get, it's probably 90% male, I would have thought at the end of the day. But yeah, there's quite a few mums and girlfriends, uh, and certainly the trade people. A fair mix as well. So, yeah. And again, one day makes life easier. And there's so much to see that we cater, literally cater for everybody. And the youngsters love to see the stormtroopers and the likes that we have wandering around all the time. They go down a storm, they do. Are you guys as a club talking at all right now about any changes that you feel you're going to have to make to Salute to try to make it safer i mean is a is a covid passport or proof of vaccination a, a part of that or do you just sort of separate the tables or is it all going to happen as it normally does uh, right well we've we've already ordered an extra two thousand square meters of space so we're going to have bigger aisles than we normally have bigger gaps between the traders um and that, I think that cost us an extra 10 grand for the 2,000 square meters, uh, which was a bit of a pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, at the minute, our press is full of, you know, should we or should we not have passports? We've got the, the two main parties are arguing. One, one's in favour and one party totally against on the basis that it's going to be, quote, discriminatory. Not quite sure how in a wargaming sense. We've certainly arranging for our hand sanitizing stations, both as you come in and around the place. Uh, but again, a lot of it depends upon what Excel, you know, our host tells us we can or can't do. But we, yeah, you name it, we're geared up for whatever it has to be. Has Excel figured out what they want to do yet or is that kind of a, a moving target? It's a moving target. I think they're waiting to see exactly what our government does and our government's waiting to see what the public appetite is like. Yeah. It's, it's got very political here. Uh, sadly, we, we, we here in the States might be in a similar situation. Uh, All right. Which is unfortunate. So you've, uh, you've already mentioned the additional space that you guys are renting, the hand-washing stations. I mean, are these, 
how are these additional costs impacting sort of what you're projecting as the bottom line of the show? Are you just going to absorb these as a club? Or are you going to try to charge more for exhibitors or for attendees? How do you deal with that cost? We're going to take it on the chin, he says. Um, the, the biggest cost so far for us has been because we were almost at having a show last year, we've got all the merchandising, we've got all the bags, the T-shirts. So that's all that's going to the store. That's cost us an arm and a leg. Uh, we have a, a company we now use for sort of packing the bags. Because as you probably, oh, we've got a dog. As you probably realize, yeah, pet's not allowed. You, yeah, we, we, we fill our bags. We'll, but we use a company to do that now. We used to use our volunteers, but it was a bit too much of a hassle. So a private firm does our 7,000 bags to be stuffed and all this bit. So of course that they're in store. So that's cost us a fair bit. I say it costs us nearly 10 grand for another 2,000 square meters of XL. So yeah, we, we won't be making as much this year as we would normally do. Yeah, we're intent on staying that way. Beyond uh, COVID, which I know is a challenge in and of itself, um, are there other challenges that you see in the show scene that, that may have been bubbling up even before COVID? Uh, you mentioned age of trying to get younger people in and something that you guys are always worried about. And we worry about the same here in the United States. Uh, is there anything else that comes to mind as a challenge for running and growing a show? Well, we, we've tried a couple of times. We've had special tables for the for the E players. So it gives them somewhere to come and meet. Uh, and it's a safe, well, yeah, virtually a, a safe area. Yeah, it's dedicated. People, we say in advance, uh, the take-up was fairly limited. We were surprised. We thought we'd get an awful lot. Uh, of e-players of one kind or another but yeah it it, it did but we'll continue trying uh, the models for us is one of our biggest expenses as you probably realize we produce a model purely at salute which appears on sort of ebay the following day mm -hmm. um, i mean people queue for hours to be to make sure they're the first six thousand to get one um I'm trying to find one of those that sort of fits in. And we also try theming. You probably, well, you would have seen. We've had First World War tanks in the hall. We, we would have had a Spitfire last year, but obviously uh, it flew somewhere else. We weren't allowed in. Um, and our committee changes on a fairly regular basis. So, yeah, there's always new ideas coming up for us to try and fit in somewhere along the line. One of our members, you probably realize, is the editor of Miniature War Games. Um, he, he's always got something to say. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we try and keep on the ball. We must hold you, see, such a... Well, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned e-games. Um, so let's talk about that for a second. Uh, do you do you think that online platforms that have become a lot more popular because of COVID, uh, like you know, Tabletop Simulator? I don't know if you've used that at all. Vassal is a, is a much older one for board games. Do you do you see those as 
a threat to shows as a replacement for shows? Or do you think as we get out of COVID that all that will just sort of subside a little bit and people will go back to how they behaved before? Uh, it's hard to tell. It's a bit like shopping, isn't it? The high, Our high streets are having a bad time at the minute because you can all be, it'll be delivered tomorrow in another white band. Um, until the government does something about white bands <laughs> and, a, and a free Amazon, it's hard to tell. But, but certainly my generation likes to feel it, see it, touch it. Um, and providing we continue to let youngsters come in with their, with their dads and uncles, you know, they'll get a feel for being able to see things, touch and feel them, uh, rather than what it may look like on the screen. Uh, certainly the shoot them up games will we'll never compete with the shoot them up games that people spend sort of hours and hours doing. But uh, for those who like the historical bits um, or just the feel of a game uh, or even speaking eyeball to eyeball, uh, yeah, then I think there'll always be a place. And as long as we keep coming up with something like models that they, you'll not get a model by playing online. Well, I don't think you will anyway. Uh, as long as we keep here, we keep something that, that guarantees you, unless you turn up, you don't get it. Uh, yeah. But things will change. Obviously, things will change. Uh, I don't know about you. I, we've got neighbours. I mean, I'm pretty old, but we've got younger neighbours who've been shielding. Um, I can't see them going out for ages and ages. So... Obviously, some of the members won't be turning up at the club for a while. Uh, it will take a while, but hopefully, I think we will all get back to, yeah. And I think somewhere along the line, governments have got to have to do something about making sure that the youngsters of today actually know how to talk face-to-face -face with people rather than deal everything, you know, with their damn, sorry, mustn't swear, with, with their telephones. You, you yeah. swear. We, we've been known to swear once or twice, too. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, one thing we see in the U.S. shows, and U.S. shows tend to be multi-day events, is a dwindling of the number of vendors who choose to go. Uh, and, and so like Historicon or, 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 or Fall End, or the ones, these are on the East Coast that we go to. And I'm going to get the numbers wrong, and people will point this out. But I'm probably seeing, you know, maybe a 25, 30% decline in the number of vendors who want to go to the show. Uh, are you seeing something similar or are you seeing the number of people who want to be there being, being, being roughly the same? Uh, well, we had a few, yeah, we had 165 traders booked for last year. Um, they've all stayed with us. Mm -hmm. I think we've lost six in the year, which is not different from any other year because right. a lot of our guys are sole traders. Uh, one thing or another gets in the way. Many get absorbed. I must admit, two years ago, in 19 it was, we had three major companies get absorbed by, by one other. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we suddenly lost three tables but we filled them with in no time at all. We have a waiting list on a regular basis of people wanting to come to salute. So from that point of view, we're fairly lucky. Sole traders keep coming up. You know, somebody new comes up with an idea. 
or another model maker wants to sort of demonstrate what he's got. So, yeah, we, we've never had any trouble filling. We've always got a waiting list for yeah. salute. And I think you have an but, advantage for veterans. It is a one-day event, though. That people come to salute to buy. That they yes. go there to they look and to buy. And, 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 you know, people are on a mission. When, when, when you watch people... You know, they come into the door and they make a beeline to whatever vendor they yep. want to go to first. And, you know, most of them have a plan. And, and I think the U.S. shows where the population is relatively constant. I mean, certainly uh, people like to come and touch what they're going to buy. And as you say, for some of the companies, there's a lot of pre-ordering goes on. So, you know, if you want a, an American game um, or, or something from the rather nice GHQ stuff, then they're ordered in bulk and people come along and buy them because it costs an arm and a leg. The postage has got just too silly for words. So there's an awful lot of, you know, buy, buy in advance and come and pick it up because that way all you pay is the rail fare and £10 to get in. Um, whereas it can cost you £20 for a £5 model uh, if it's coming from the States. <laughs> I love I love GHQ. Yeah. No, uh, me too. Stuff is it's I, expensive, but it's nice. I've got a shed full of yes, tiny tanks. He said. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I've actually never been to a UK show. I was hoping to get actually over last year, but then you know COVID happened, and I don't know how it's going to impact coming up this year. But I'll send you tickets for November. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I would love to get to salute, actually. Um, but one of the topics that always comes up anytime we talk to people about differences between American shows and, and shows in the UK is how here in the United States, every game at a show is a participation game. I mean, the idea here in the US that you would walk by somebody's game and not be able to play or just like watch the club who set it up play would be in completely bizarre. I mean, nobody would even understand that. So how did this begin in the UK? At, and do you guys try to take active steps at Salute to encourage more participation games? Is that, is that something that you even think about? Or do you see a demand for people to be involved in the games? It, it, it changes. It seems to change year on year. A lot's, a lot's got to do with the, the age of the people coming through the door to some extent. Some years we got a lot of youngsters coming with their dads. Um, and a lot of the club, lot of the, uh, the manufacturers now run games of their own purely as a way of selling them. So, you know, you've got games, participation games going on all over the place, purely of a new model or a new game or something that they're pushing. But we have something like 90 odd clubs in the UK that bring their games to salute. So half the hall is taken up with literally uh, societies and you know, gamer clubs running a game of their own for people, either to showcase what they can do or to showcase somebody else's models, which does happen quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, we, we don't have the same. Yeah, nowhere near the same as you do in America, I must admit. But having two-day shows makes a difference, though, doesn't it? Ours is all over it, literally, before you've started. Um, we, we try to make as many participation 
participation games as possible. Not always easy when you've got six or 7,000 people milling around, even in a huge great hall. Um, <laughs> and it is a huge great hall. Yeah, we've had aeroplanes in there before now. So, uh, yeah, and you've got yeah. six hours, you know, it starts six hours, it's over. Yeah. Have you talked about expanding the window of time for the show? I mean, has there been any consideration for making it a, a weekend show over the course of two days, or do you want to stick to the limited time window? The, the problem we, one of the problems we've got is that we are all volunteers. Yeah, we are all, yeah, if you only look at my age, yeah, we, we're not getting any younger. Some of our, we do get some younger members in. Um, I mean, it's free for the youngsters anyway. Uh, we have a few dads who bring their sons. But, you know, 90% of those who are involved in its organisation are certainly over 30, if not over 40 or 50 or 60. Um, which, so to run a two-day event, you know, with nothing but volunteers is difficult. We've had some approaches about, you know, companies taking on the show because we are, we're probably the biggest one-day event in Europe, aren't we? If not, if not the world, he says. But I'm pushing my luck. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, where, where volunteers are concerned, it's difficult running a two-day event. Uh, yeah, I, we just we don't have the resources to do it unless we we had a firm take on. There's been a, two or three companies that have shown an interest. But it would change the nature of our of salute. So at the minute, the old guard says, no, we'll stick with our one day. Uh, we'll stick with the six or seven hours that we are open. Uh, and that, believe it or not, that even that is difficult to, to man. Uh, we have two or three clubs sort of send us uh, bodies. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, to, to man the odd door and the things like that. But so it's it's not easy. It's and not easy. You see, with the clubs, the clubs are, are more established in the UK here in the US. Is that there is a not so subtle level of competition between them to put the best game on, uh, and, and they go all out. Uh, and we don't see that as much here in the US. Um, but each the clubs have unique kind of styles, and, and you, once you go there, I've, uh, I've been a few times. You can kind of pick out the clubs by the style of the games they put on, um, uh, and so it's kind of interesting to see that that, that kind of level of competition. Yeah, uh, again, being only one day makes a, obviously makes some difference. Uh, we have. We have a, as you've probably been, we, we have a showcase um, and people come from literally all over the world with some of their models, which is a big surprise to me, just how many people do come from all over the place to show off in order to win one of our prizes um, or the prestige of being a show winner. Uh, the various clubs also compete. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think the one day tends to sort of cut it down a little bit, though. So even before COVID, Bernard, here in the United States, you know, Miles and I both keep track of attendance at the major U.S. shows, and um, you know, it's it's not so much of a secret that it's been trending downward. 
for a long time. You know, Historicon used to draw many, many years ago, 4,000 plus attendees. And we're, we're down well below 2,000 attendees now on a Historicon. This is a, a, a years and years, you know, decade plus trend. Right. So um, I, I don't know what kind of challenges the show scene might have in the UK. I know you guys have a lot more shows than we have. Um, but how do, you, how do you see shows maybe trying to evolve in the future? Uh, are, there, are there new ideas or things that we're going to have to do as historical war gamers in order to try to grow the show scene? I mean, one of the ideas that, that a couple of us have here in the United States that I'd love to see happen would be to try to incorporate more board gaming into our miniature shows, because that's a, that's a large audience of people who are not currently attending our show. Uh, do you guys discuss ideas like that? And where do you think things are going over the next, you know, five to 10 years, well beyond our current COVID right. situation? This is where I, I probably get a bit blase because we have so many people in the hall. Yeah, we get six, over 6,000 coming in and there's 2,000 in there to start with. Um, I mean, the clubs bring 10 more each. We have 70 odd clubs come with their own games, 160-odd traders, again, with their camp followers. Um, you can't move at certain points of the day, even in XL, which, you know, we, we can get aircraft in there. It's, it's huge. Um, so we, we're a bit spoiled, I think, from that point of view. Um, but, but certainly more and more people want to actually get involved. So... It, it's an issue to have as many games that people can actually play at. So I think that's one of the issues that we've got. People want to participate. Yeah. We, we get more and more dads with their kids coming in. Um, so we try and have as many enactors around the place. Uh, yeah, you're going to get stomped on by a stormtrooper or something similar, you know, sort of seven, eight, nine, ten foot high wandering around um, we're, we're always looking for that I mean we had a a first world war tank in there the other the other year which which drew no end of crowds all on its own it was it was a joy I must admit it was a joy it was a killer to erect but it was a joy um, uh, so I mean from that point of view I mean participation games seem to be coming more and more to the fore at this end so people, you know, we need to make sure that we've got huge areas for people to actually join in uh, and not be sort of left on the side. Uh, managing the queue for us is, you know, we have to hire a separate hall at XL, you know, because we can have 5,000 people waiting to get in the minute the door opens. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a lovely problem to have, but... But it, it can be an issue. It, it really can. Let's, uh, let me pick your brain on a scheduling issue because, you know, Salute has always been an, an April event. That was your slot in the calendar. And now this year you're pushing it to November for obvious reasons. What will that do to 2022? Are you, are you going to try April. and keep the November slot and that no, no. just be a November show now? No, no. We're going to go back to April. Hmm? We're, we're all ready in negotiations with XL to get back to April again. Uh, 
yeah, there are so many small shows. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, you know, in the calendar, that you know, April has become our slot. Yeah. Um, November, you know, wasn't really our choice. Uh, but we decided we were definitely going to do one, having missed a year. Um, but no, we are back to April next year. It may be a slightly smaller show next year because it's so close to this November. Um, but the traders are already up for it. I mean, yeah, I can't say they actually fight over the space, and but uh, but we have no trouble filling the 160 odd slots for traders. From and again from. Four corners of the world. I mean, as you probably, we've got, we've got American, we've got New Zealand, we've got Australia, we've got most of Europe in one form or another. And Russia's not here yet, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. They may, well, I hope you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'll have the opportunity to get over there for a show soon. I know Miles has been to several. And um, are it, you going it, to the really Miles? Is. It, you know, for, for those who haven't been to Salute, it is worth the trip to London uh, to go. Uh, it's, it's a fun event. You're in London, which is not a half bad city to be in. Uh, so I really do encourage people who, who haven't gone to Salute, at least, at least make, make the effort to go, if not this November, next April. It is a lot of fun and, and it's, quite, it's quite a sight to see. All right. Well, let me know when you're coming and I'll make sure I've got tickets for you. Well, it's very kind of you, Bernard, but... Uh, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to attending. Unfortunately, we do have a scheduling issue. The, this November, uh, our big show, Historicon, ha it happens on the same weekend uh, that Salute does. So we're, we're going yeah. to pick our favorite child. Well, good luck. Uh, good luck with the show. And uh, we really appreciate you carving out a little bit of time to talk to us about it. This was great. And uh, please, please tell everybody else in the club that uh, we wish them the best of luck with the preparations. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, good Bernard, luck thank you very there. much. Appreciate your uh, willingness to talk to us. Yeah, no problem. Enjoy the rain. Look after yourselves. Right. Thanks, Bernard. Bye. See ya. <laughs>